In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'm going to confess something to all of you. I don't usually choose epistle lessons to preach on. Uh, it's not that they aren't doctrinally really profound and theologically uh, wonderful. It's just that they don't usually have stories, and I'm a bit of a storyteller. I like a story. So St. Paul has always left me a, a little bit dry. But today, in the first lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, we don't have Paul uh, preaching a sermon like we do in some of the epistles. It's a story about Paul, and I find this pretty fascinating. Paul is a guy who is on a missionary journey. He is in Greece, in the capital city of Athens. And as Paul looks around himself in Athens, he sees all kinds of shrines and temples and altars and inscriptions to pagan gods. Paul is a monotheist in a polytheist world. They have, the Greeks have a god for, for everything. They have not just major gods like Ares and Athena and Mars and Venus and Neptune and Mercury and uh, Diana and Zeus and some of the major Greek gods. They have all kinds of secondary, minor gods as well. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a shrine to a pagan god in the, in the city of Athens. And Paul is very, very perturbed about this, and he's very concerned about this. But he knows enough, he's sharp enough to not just take this thing head on. Paul has, in counseling uh, classes, we would say he has good joining skills. He knows how to, to, to get together with people in a way that's not offensive to them. Paul does uh, something that I saw on television a few weeks ago. Uh, I just watched, I don't normally watch this, but I just ran across a couple minutes worth of uh, cage fighting, mixed martial arts. And in that, you can combat somebody with boxing, with kickboxing, with wrestling, with, you know, uh, jujitsu or judo or anything you want. It's, it's all fair game. But what it appears to me is that Paul is using theological judo on the citizens of Athens. And in judo, what you do is you don't confront somebody and run against them. You let them come at you and you keep them going the same direction and pull them with you and roll them over the other way. And that's what Paul is doing here. He is taking what the Athenians give him and he's going with it and using it to roll them over. He looks around himself and he says, he sees all these statues and all, uh, everywhere he looks there's, there's shrines and inscriptions and altars. And so he says to the people, he goes to the, the agora, which is the marketplace, not just a place where you get groceries, but a place where you, you know, can discuss religion and philosophy. The Areopagus, the, the, the place where arguments are made too. He doesn't just go to the um, uh, place where the displaced Jews are in a synagogue. He goes out to the people of Athens. He goes on their turf and he speaks their language. He says to them, he looks around, he says, you know, I have to admire you folks because you, it appears to me, you are very, very religious people. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. And he said, in fact, you've even got uh, an altar. Uh, you've got inscriptions and, and shrines and so forth. You've even got one, an altar, to the unknown God. 
And he said, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to make the unknown God known to you. And then he starts out and he says, this unknown God is not far away from you. He is, he is close. He is part of your, your very life and, and your uh, fabric. In, in him we move and live and have our being, Paul says. And that's interesting because it's a direct quote from a Greek poet. And he also says, we are all his offspring, which is another direct quote from a Greek poet. So he's not only just speaking in their language, he's speaking their language. He is quoting their own poets. He is siding with them. This, this is the judo maneuver that he's using to pull, to pull them along. And it's working very well for him. So he's saying to them, this God that you are ignorant of, the unknown God, I, this is the God I know, and let me help you with this. And he, his son came to show us who God was and what his attitude is. And God isn't going to hold this against you just because of your ignorance in this matter. He is, he is willing to, uh, to be kindly and look upon people with favor of, of, of all people, no matter if you haven't known him before or not. So Paul had great success. Now the thing that I find fascinating is his approach. In the Lutheran church, uh, we talk about how we can approach people with the gospel message. And our deacon of, um, uh, you know, doing that kind of thing, evangelism, is Eddie Slavin. And Eddie has always said to us that we need to look for points of entry for people. And what that means is that we have to talk other people's language. We have to listen to them. We have to... Uh, um, be you know, careful that we don't just go, well, you're all wrong, and here's what we want to tell you. Uh, you. You can't do that. Paul, for example, didn't walk in and say, well, the Hebrew Scriptures say this. What do they care about the Hebrew Scriptures? That means nothing to the Greeks. That, that has no weight for them. That has no validity. So he doesn't even bring it up. He talks to them in their language about the Greek gods and the unknown God. And he does it in a very, uh, a very... Uh, not just sly, but a very genuine kind of way to let them know that they're okay in searching for that which is beyond themselves, but he can help them find that. Now, what's been going on recently in the church in America is we have been approaching people in a different way. I'm doing it right now. I'm talking to people, just me and a camera, and that's very different than what we normally do. And our approach with this is to use media and the Internet and YouTube and Facebook and all of this. It's interesting, there was a quote in, in 2005 from Pope John Paul II. It's pretty prophetic as it turns out. Pope John Paul II said at that time, we are facing a new Areopagus, like what Paul had in Athens. We are facing a new Areopagus, and it is in the area of communication that he said people are not just getting information in a different way, but the information comes to them differently because of those modalities. He said that now we have um, the internet and we have, you know, technology, and that's how people are getting their questions answered. They still have the same spiritual questions but they're getting them answered through a different uh, modality and they're being answered in a different way. 
So you know that technology now uses uh, shorthand terms. So we, we don't talk in the same way that we used to face-to-face -face or even over the phone. And there are, there are shorthand things, like you don't say, are you home? You put a, a letter R and a U and then home. And, and so people need small sound bites. That's how they're learning things uh, scripturally and spiritually. Here's another thing that I found out. If I want to talk to my children, I, I call them on the phone because I like to talk on the phone. I'm a bit of a dinosaur, and I'll admit that freely. Technology does not come easily to me. I, wanna, I call them on the phone, but almost always I have to just leave a message because they don't pick up. And I can remember my daughter saying to me a couple of years ago, Dad, how come you don't have a cell phone? How can people get a hold of you if, if, they, if you don't have a cell phone? I'm like, you have a cell phone and I can never get a hold of you, so what's, what's the difference? <laughs> and, and, but if we would text them, we would have much better success. And probably it's because they don't want to answer the phone because they know they're going to be a, on the line with the old man for a half hour if they do. Uh, so texting you can do in a minute or two and then you're, you're kind of done with it. But it brings to mind that, that today we are dealing with a whole different thing. Um, we are living in the post-Christian age in America. And what that means is that there are now more people in America who think that religion is a bad idea than who think it's a good idea. If you do religious surveys, you will see on these surveys that the biggest category for religious affiliation is none. This is the first time in American history that this has happened, that there are more people who are not religious and not interested in it than who are. And what that means is that we're going to have to probably communicate in a different way because particularly younger people do communicate in a different way. And I am kind of resigning myself to my fate that I'm going to have to learn more about how to do this, how to use things like Facebook, which has great potential for good and potential for evil, just like anything else. That I'm going to have to do better with that and with texting and and being a little more tech savvy, I'm going to have to spend more time with David so he can teach me some stuff. Uh, and, and you can see, uh, speaking of David and Carol, you see what a great job they're doing with getting our services out there uh, online. And uh, here's an interesting thing. We're getting more view, views per Sunday by far than we had average church attendance, if, even if you add both churches together. We're getting much more views in this technological stuff that we're doing right now. Well, that makes me think, yeah, this is the new Areopagus. We've got to speak in people's language today. Jesus always spoke in the language of the people. He went to where the people were. He spoke in, in, in language they could understand. He used parables every time he preached publicly. And most of his parables are, a lot of his parables anyway, are farm parables. Because he lived in an agrarian society and everybody understood what weeds were and what wheat was and what barns were and what animals were and oxen and donkeys. And you, he, they all understood that. He spoke their language. Paul spoke the language of the Greeks. And we need to speak the language of people today. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.